Did you really not like it? Be a Muay Thai clown and listen to the Uncut Gems podcast, a weekly show where we talk about movies nobody else wants to talk about. This is episode number 94 and my name's Jakob. And my name's Randy. And my name's Nick. And today we don't have any other guests, it's just the three of us and we're talking about The Quest, part one of, of uh, our double bill about martial arts uh, actors tends to... No! About actors turned directors doing martial arts films. That's what we're doing. Anyway, before we do that traditional Patreon plug. <clears throat> so by the time you listen to this, our bonus tie-in discussion to this episode is going to be available to listen. And it's a conversation about Enter the Dragon. A lot of emotional content in it. Uh, so go yes, ahead and listen. There is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then later in the month of Maswell Tees, we're going to be doing Dead Poets Society in connection to another episode that we're going to be doing next in, uh, later in the month, I think it's Toy Soldiers. And then also later in the month, towards the end of the month, I would say, uh, in London Empire is going to make an appearance as the installment of our David Lynch Marathon. And also while I'm on the David Lynch Marathon, might as well make, make sure to listen to our Mulholland Drive um, episode. And it, because if it's if it's if it's still November 2022, you can head over to our Patreon, patreoncom spot and listen to this for free. Everything else, three bucks a month, opens access to everything else. So go ahead and do it. And while I'm at it, might as well because you know, speaking of supporting us with your with your hard-earned three bucks, uh, we have a shout out to dish out. Um, so we got a new patron, Joey uh, Joey Wheel. Uh, is now a, a new member of our, of our very small sort of Uncle Gems family. So welcome, welcome thank aboard, you, Joey. Thank you. thank you very much. Randy's still reading your book, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so you know. Anyway, thanks very much for uh, supporting us. Hope you like what you find in there. It's saucy. Uh, where was I? Anyway, th- that's it. That's it for the patron plugs and everything. So <clears throat> might as well just transition to. Uh, to the, yeah, the order of the day, which is the quest. From around here? Long time ago. Things sure as hell have changed, huh? Well, things change. Hey, why don't I just put a little taste of whiskey in that coffee? What do you say? That's nice. You just sit down over there, relax, you make yourself at home. I'll bring you the coffee. Thank you. I do for you fellas you want to do something for me well you can open the cash register all right all right you you, you just take it easy you should leave now so the <laughs> i can't do it with a straight face <laughs> the quest was directed by john claude van damme in his debut he also directed one other thing, I think, that has, has, hasn't been released yet. It's called The Frenchie. And it's also re- wrote it and edited it. It's going to be amazing. It's never going to come out. But it's it has like to come decade. out. It has to come out. Yeah, find it on the dark web somewhere. 
Jesus. Um, Sleek it. Yeah. So it's his directorial debut, released in 1996, by the way. And so from a story that he shares credit with Frank Dux. Du? Dux. <laughs> uh, yeah. And there's a bit of a drama behind the scenes because originally he wouldn't, Frank Dux wouldn't be on the. Uh, I'm going to say Dux. Okay. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's Du. <laughs> it's Dux, but Dux is funnier. It's, is it Dux? <laughs> Dukes. <laughs> is it Dukes? It's Ducks. Because <laughs> this Jeez. is the guy Bloodsport's based on. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So this is a guy who said who says Bloodsport is based on because apparently there is no yeah. evidence whatsoever to substantiate his bullshit claims that Blood yeah. that the Kumite <laughs> tournament ever existed, and then he actually participated and won. So he. I, for all I care, he's a bullshit artist. <laughs> and then apparently this film was was. Uh, a ripoff. I mean, the quest was uh, based on the script that they were working on together with JCVD. It's called the Kumite colon the new Enter the Dragon or Enter the New Dragon or something like this. There's new and Enter and Dragon in the sentence. I can't remember uh. exactly. And then apparently he took the uh, production to court and lost. <laughs> so, so he, he won, but he but he won credit with the WGA. So that's why he shares the story credit on the film, but he doesn't have anything else. So I'm not sure how much money he got because the movie made a little bit of money. Anyway, so anyway, the movie stars JCVD as well. <clears throat> in in addition to Roger Moore, James Raymar, uh, Jack McGee, Janet Gunn, and an assortment of lesser known actors and martial artists. Some of some of whom, if you're if you're keen on your jcvd you'll probably recognize from somewhere or at least you'll recognize their fam- family with someone you may recognize I'd, we'll get to it <clears throat> anyway so the film stars jcvd and it's about this guy called christopher dubois it's set in 1925 i think in new york and then he finds him he's this sort of he's like this he, i don't know so it's the <laughs> So it says J- JCVD as this guy called Christopher Dubois. Uh, it's like I kind of some kind of a, like a street performer slash take caretaker for homeless children, and then he has to flee some mafiosos, and he finds himself on a boat, and then the boat gets raided by pirates, and the pirates are Roger Moore and his and his and his manservant, and then they, all of a sudden he, they dump him on an island. Uh, where they shot the man with the golden gun, and then this is the original <laughs> island where where they where they invented Muay Thai. So Jean Claude yeah. Van Damme hones his craft, and then he becomes a Muay Thai fighter. And then he and then they go and fight a tournament somewhere in Tibet uh, to get a massive golden dragon. And in this tournament, the most powerful fighters from all disciplines meet in secret. It's such a secret that everyone knows about it because they have a guy who goes off. To uh, to the end of nowhere with a with a scroll to find it in the fighter. So I don't know. It's not very secret. Anyway, so they go and fight this tournament, and the story goes from there. <laughs> and by that time, it's more, we're already halfway through the film. Anyway, and they take and they and they take a journalist lady with her uh, with with them as well. Anyway, and also Roger Moore has an ulterior motive because he's a pirate. <laughs> so as you may imagine, the, the the production of the film was a bit of a mess. I think that's that's all I kind of surmised from these like bits of trivia, now, apart from the fact that they had uh, a bit of a row with Frank Ducks, <laughs> Ducks, Ducks, do I don't know. They had a row with him. That's one thing. Apparently, Jean Claude Van Damme as a director was an absolute piece of ass. 
Roger Moore hated working for him. They ran out of money like three times. And they apparently at some point, the producers asked people to work for free and they were laughed out of the room. So <laughs> apparently they found money elsewhere. Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> uh, apparently Jack Monkey to entertain himself, he used to fart after each take. Uh, and apparently JCV didn't like it. Um, and on top of no that, shit. Oh, no, no shit, just farts. No, just farts. <laughs> just farts. <laughs> uh, and so he was not a very competent director, allegedly. So apparently, there's this guy Peter McDonald, who, if you know, if you're worth, worth your weight in salt, you'll know that he's an iconic. And I and I mean this because I don't like overusing this word. He's an iconic second unit director who actually put this movie together because these people had no idea how to make a movie. And this is a guy who just was a second unit, like Born Ultimatum and um, I can't remember just and oh, all of Empire like, Strikes and Back and, and Three Harry Guardians Potter of the movies. Galaxy recently as well. Guardians all sorts of, of the Galaxy, yeah, yeah, all sorts of big blockbusters you could you could name. He probably was a second unit guy on it, right? Um, so and he's like in his eighties now. Um, so he's a big guy in in the second unit world, and then you never t- and you never you never hear about him because it's, no one no one hears about second unit directors anyway. So the movie made a little bit of money at the box office, I think, to the tune of like fifty seven million worldwide. So in nineteen ninety six, it wasn't too shabby. I think it made its money back, but it was absolutely hated by pretty much everyone. Uh, yeah, and let's just take it from there, guys. <laughs> What did you think about the quest? I want to hear what you think about the quest. This is going to okay. be, it's going to be either the longest first? episode ever sure. or the shortest episode ever. And we have 55 <laughs> minutes to beat, by the way. Crawl. <laughs> it's oh, the, man. This is the shortest to beat. So <laughs> take it away. Go ahead. I'll, I'll set the scene. I'll set the scene. Like I start watching the quest, knowing nothing about this, except, you know, hey, JCVD is in it and he directed it. And the movie starts. There's this dimly lit room. It is very dark. So it's like, oh my god, this this music starts playing. Like, is this is this a knock of Morricone? And this man enters a bar, and he's very old and decrepit, but you never see him in the face. And there's a bartender. He orders a drink. It's like, oh, this is this is moody. This is atmospheric. And some punks entered enter the bar. They start causing trouble, a ruckus, and this old man stands up, and this Jean Claude Van Damme, in glorious old age makeup. He beats the punk's ass. The music is still playing. And then, together with the bartender, he starts to reminisce about his olden days. And for a second there, I thought, oh my god, is this going to be Once Upon a Time in America Van Damme edition? And I was happy. Only only for like 10 minutes, yeah. I was so excited. I was just like, oh, this is going to be so great. This is going to be so great. <laughs> and the next time we see Jean-Claude Van Damme, he's it's in a clown crazy. makeup. <laughs> And I was like, hold on. On oh, stilts. Oh, my God. On oh, stilts, yes. Juggling. Just like five, five meters. So I was like, Because oh, we no. live in a society, okay? He's, yeah. He's I was a, like, oh, no, this is this is not Sir Giuliani. This is a Jean-Claude Van Damme. He's a busker. <laughs> this was not good. Like, we had this all, I don't know, how long was it, trendy Like, three-hour conversation talking about free Jean-Claude Van Damme yeah. movies. Earlier this year, yeah, go listen to that because it was it was a ton of fun. But I said on that podcast, like there's proof. I was like, I really like Jean-Claude Van Damme. Like he's grown on me over this month, basically. 
Every grown costume, on you this like a like, tumor. Oh. <laughs> this, this is when it start, I started to feel the pain. I was like, no, this is not healthy for me. This is not good. Yeah. Um, the worst thing I can say about the quest is that it's utterly forgettable. It's 98 minutes long. It feels like it's 90 days long. Uh, once it's over, I'm just glad it was over. And then I completely like removed it from my brain because it's like, this is, like you said, it's a tumor. It was removed. Surgery was successful. Then it's like, yes. Oh, I'm healthy again. And just this conversation, I can feel like there's some residual elements still present that are getting like malignant, you know, a malignant tumor. It's coming back. <laughs> Damn it. Damn this film, man. Like You don't like malignant? No. I love malignant. Good. I, I don't good. like the quest. One of the good ones. <laughs> residual memories of the quest may be malignant is that what oh right hearing? okay yes. okay <laughs> it's coming it's gonna come back <laughs> it's gonna haunt me i'm just gonna wake up one day i'm like oh roger moore is a pirate <laughs> oh man uh, randy <laughs> well pass the baton if if you're done being so negative <laughs> allow me i saw this well firstly i've got to say after Yakov's intro and uh Frank Duke's fighting for a writing credit. <laughs> I know, right? The, the irony of, you know, Sticking. sticking to his guns and fighting for credit for this thing. I wonder you if know, he wants to see it. God, just, God this is what him. I fought for. Yeah. I regret everything. So, yeah. I saw this <laughs> in 1996. And I hated this when I saw this in theaters. Oh my yes. God. I really despise this. And it's been one of those films that. You know, can you name a film that you really hate? And yeah, The Quest was one that would often come to mind. Um, but now I'm trying to look at it with a little bit more of a, you know, sensible view. And maybe I can find some merit in here. And um, Nicolo oh, mentioned boy. that we had a we had a discussion in, in August about Van Damme's next three films, the ones that he, he did with uh, Hong Kong directors. And mm-hmm. I think if you look at the 90s, there there are two Van Dams in this 90s. There's the early 90s where he's built up. He has this uh, five-picture deal with Universal. Which That's starts one with of Hard- them, by the way. This is the last <laughs> one. This is the one that rounds out the contract. So he had Hard yes. Target, Time Cop, Sudden Death, and... Um, Street Fighter. Street Fighter. Street Fighter. And then this. And, uh, and also interesting. So this is what builds up um, Jean-Claude Van Damme until he's sort of a thing. He's a recognizable sort of stallone light i guess um you know the industry's moving away from the stallones a bit and uh you know certainly i don't think van damme got the memo but he becomes a little bit of a deal here time cop i guess is sort of a big enough hit but somewhere this fascinates me when we brought this up in the patreon discussion Mm -hmm. somewhere in here universal offers jean-claude van damme a three picture deal 12 million dollars per picture like so another three after the quest and uh Van Damme, so high on his own ego and farts at this point, he's like, no, I am the cat's meow. I am I am all that and a bag of chips. He demands $20 million from Universal because that's what Jim Carrey's getting. And uh, so then Universal... <laughs> the probably, ego on that guy. <laughs> probably says, no, we're good. Thank you. And uh, Van Damme sort of proceeds into the rest of his career um, having missed that boat. And... Uh, Hollywood doesn't really have too much interest in in contacting him ever again. And <laughs> want, let me just then, well, fine. You don't want me, then fine. Let me. Where, where's my where's the phone number? Dennis Rodman. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Precisely. And Natasha Henstridge. And then we'll go from there. 
And I met Ringo Lamb at a festival, so we'll, I'll get him. we'll have my own picture of you with <laughs> blackjack and hookers. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the first part of the '90s, you know, you get this sense of Van Damme, and he does have a presence, and I sort of like the guy. And but he has a major crash, I think, in his career afterwards, and and also personally, like he's diagnosed in the end somewhere in the late '90s with bipolar, and he's. He's struggling with, um, I, I think that a uh, marriage falls apart or a couple relationships fall apart. Um, he gets hooked, hooked on cocaine, I believe. So he has a lot of legitimate struggles. But anyway, the quest, where I'm ultimately going with this, the quest is the absolute high point of JCVD's career. I'm going to say everything before it is one thing. Everything after it is... High point? Are you serious? Sure. <laughs> Not in terms of great Quality. film. Just, just qualify this because it's like, this is an absolute high point of his career. Like, oh, yeah. hold on. <laughs> he was at the peak. He is on <laughs> the peak. The... He is on the peak because the film before this was Street Fighter, I'm pretty no, sure. No, Sudden Death. <clears throat> Sudden so Death. Street okay. Fighter was 94. Okay. Street Fighter was so 94, yeah. Street Fighter, he got, that was his highest paycheck at like 8 million. And then he got 5 million, I think, for this and 5 million oh for God. Sudden Death. So much money. So that's sort of, that's, that is significant money at the time. So yeah, in terms of being like this, the height of his career, like this is the height of his popularity. And then the quest is released. And then it just seems like a, a downward spiral after this. So, you know, this here is the turning point in, in his career. What you have before and what you have after are two completely different things. In terms of what the quest delivers on screen, <laughs> you know, <laughs> JCVD as a, as a filmmaker, like the script is terrible. It's impossible <laughs> to follow. It needs exposition. I have no idea what's going on. And my sense of... The last of, thing this film needs is exposition. Like, what is this oh, <laughs> well, I I need I don't have a clue what's going on. I feel someone has to explain it to me. So anyway, I I feel that as a as a creative artist, what you have with Van Dam as a storyteller, his vision is something like this. I think people will want to see me fight. Let's do blood sport or enter the dragon, that type of thing. And that's his attitude probably on set, where he's working on his roundhouses off in the corner and you know, he's got actors that are hired and, oh, they should be able to do their own thing. He tells them what we're going to do in this scene. And then he leaves everything up probably to Peter McDonald is sort of my take on this because the quest looks okay. You know, it has sort of a decent look. There's some nice moving shots and compositions are, are okay. But I get the feeling that Peter McDonald is constantly just sort of walking around behind Van Damme and saying, oh, okay, guys, no, like, We'll do it this way. I know he said we'll do it that way, but no, we'll do it this way. I, I just think that this is a total mess. And it feels to me sort of like when a child says they want to make chocolate chip cookies. That's Van Damme. I want to make chocolate chip cookies. I want to make chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> and then the mom and the dad, they go to the kitchen. They do all the work in the kitchen. They get all the ingredients out. They mix everything together. They do all the work and then the child comes along and puts in the cool part, the chocolate chips, and then hits the on switch on the oven. And then the parents do everything else. They do all the cleanup. But the kid is, I I made chocolate chip cookies. And it still came this out is, shit. This is, these are my chocolate chip cookies. And I think that's what Van Damme is here. He's just, people want to see me. I'm in it. So just point the camera at me. And 
honestly, I think that's a his ego is a big part of what's driving this forward. It's not any type of storytelling skill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my analogy for this. Well, Jakob, why don't you be the level head? I don't in the room? think I don't think I have anything <laughs> positive to say. All I have, all oh. I have, is disappointment because I saw this film in the cinema. And you have to bear oh. in mind this is just okay. Well, this is a trip down memory lane. I saw this in 1996 in the cinema when I was 12, and this was coming. I was coming off of a like a massive. I want to say just infatuation with JCVD, Bruce Lee. Uh, Stallone, Schwarzenegger. My Schwarzenegger infatuation continues to this day, unabated. Conquer. Anyway, <laughs> <coughs> where was I? <laughs> anyway, so before like Arnold, Arnold JCVD is is a big part of my childhood. Like I remember having these like VHS of tapes uh, for like I think Death Warrant in the house. <laughs> Or uh, like Lionheart, or which would be a wall, I suppose, because I think it, it was released as Lionheart in uh, Europe. Maybe it was the other way around. I can't remember, but like Nowhere to Run, uh, mm-hmm. Universal Soldier, Street Fighter, Time Cop, Sudden Death. Like I watched all these films, and it's just like, and they were getting better and better and better and better. Well, maybe with an exception of Street uh, Street Fighter, I remember liking because it was it's like the sort of well. Uh, is the arcade game is just look <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> anyway and also on top of that 1995 was a year where mortal kombat was combat was released so i think all these sort of like factor these things factored into the sort of fact that i went with a massive hype into the cinema and i really loved it when i was 12 i was 12 okay <laughs> And then uh, I watched it like a bunch of time when it was on 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 VHS. Oh, it was just a oh, yeah. bunch of times. But I was twelve or thirteen at the time. It's just uh, yeah. So because oh, it it had everything that twelve year old boy would like. It's just there are these sort of video game esque fights, uh, buskers on stilts, uh, juggling on stilts, and has Jean Claude Van Damme kicking ass. And then also he clearly had I like on maybe he just ripped off John Woo and he just had a camera just pointed specifically at his flexing bicep, <laughs> just his brachialis and his and his side his side delts are amazing. Like I, I look at his shoulders and I want to have shoulders like these. This he's got, this guy looks great. Where was I anyway? But I haven't seen this in like twenty years. So I sat down to watch this and I was I honestly don't know what happens in this film. Because you like, <laughs> like I feel like I was watching the Black Dahlia, <laughs> like for the show. Ooh, nice I, for, I keep forgetting it as it's going. <laughs> yeah. Like, how did we get here? Yeah, yeah. I was just like, I blink. It's just, why are they on elephants? What's happening? <laughs> it's just, are we in a western now? They're on horseback. There is this guy just riding in, off into the sunset. What is happening? There is a Nazi in here. <laughs> it's just, what's going on? <laughs> it's just. Why is Roger Moore in a in a uniform? I don't get it. <clears throat> so I watched it with this sort of bizarre sense of awe and disappointment because this film has absolutely nothing to endear me anymore. And I arguably, possibly I can explain it by by way of being twenty-six years older. <laughs> so you know, as my mom used to say, like, you know, like only a cow doesn't change its mind. So <laughs> So, you know, uh, not a cow, I suppose, because I don't like this movie. I actively hate it. I have a, I have a feeling. And then, um, wow. yeah, it's just not good. 
And <laughs> I was just thinking, that, yeah, um, I don't even like. There is nothing I can actually just latch on to. I will be honest with you, boys. Like, there's like I can can I latch on? Like, if you think about John Claude Van Damme as an as a lead, I think of something like Sudden Death. This is where uh, to me this is where he peaks. In Sudden Death, he peaks in quality. Yeah, in quality. Yeah, yeah. And then in terms of, uh, uh, well, we'll get to it in a second. But I just feel like I don't. Like I, I actively hate everything about this movie. Like we hear the music, and it's just—is this a Robert Zemeckis film? Like this, <laughs> this—it's wall-to-wall score, and this score is kind of like this sort of like—it's like from a Ron Howard film. Like, did did someone get? It's Randy Edelman, by the way. But you know, if someone, if someone did, someone give him instructions. Can you make it sound like Forrest Gump, please? <laughs> and then make sure that you know, like we need. I could, I could imagine, like. I hope he was directing. Like he would be speaking to people and say, "I want this moment to be very emotional. I want some emotional content in here, okay?" And then, then he would say, "I want the score to um, make sure that people know that we're being sad, so there's going to be violence in here. And I want to know in this moment that people should be happy, so there's going to be flute." <laughs> can kill me. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> that's filmmaking, man. That's, like I know. That. This is cinema. Like I'm just thinking to myself, like, yeah. So. In, in an honest opinion, all I can say that the most positive thing I can say is just I, I I keep thinking this is kind of like a best of real for Jean-Claude Van Damme. Like he has these sort of moments of like, this is my blood sport. This is my, like, as you say, like, it's like my enter the dragon, like watch me. Right. But then he has these things that he pulls out of his career. It's like, can we make a scene that will look like like blood sport here or can we do a scene that would look like it's or, or i saw once upon a time in america can we put 10 minutes of once upon a time in american here yeah i really like oliver twist can we put an oliver twist moment in here yeah spartacus was a good film can i can I, can we make it look like spartacus a little bit and then roger moore goes like well you know I used to be James Bond. Like I really like the man with the golden gun. I know where we're gonna go and shoot, and it's just, <laughs> and it's just it looks like it's a movie where there's just a, a like a patchwork of these sort of moments. And then I just oh you know the guy I, I was it called I can't remember Michelle Kesey, um, who used to be Tong Po in Kickboxer. He has a brother, and this his brother is the guy who's um, the main villain, the Mongolian oh, yeah. fighter in here, right? And he also <laughs> yeah. is the main antagonist in AWOL. <laughs> uh, so it's just like, oh, maybe I'll give him a phone call. It's just kind of like, it's let's get, get together. It's the final film of my five-picture deal with Universal. And I already said no to my $20 million demand. So this is it, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's show them what they're missing. Come yeah. On. So what did they miss? <laughs> Let me say, like... How is how is this movie as I I don't know I don't even know where to start with this because like is what, what is what is its allure like what is is there any allure can you recommend it to someone is 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 JCVD what why okay why why would he ever d- decide that he wants to direct anything that's first question for me like I don't I want to know why eagle just yeah. like like Randy said, he's just at the top of his game. He's like, no one can stop me. I'm <laughs> gonna do it. It's like no. And Crash I think landed. he's like he's becoming a, a leading man in the early '90s, and even with Bloodsport, Bloodsport on, he he's sort of a leading man, mm. and you know he sort of fits into this category of of action star. So I, I think several films into his career at this point, he's he's figured out that, and because we talked about this on Hard Target. You know, like he's telling John Woo, you know, well, you know, I want 
I want to do something this way. And John Woo's like, okay, yeah, whatever. And he even has an appeal to working with John Woo because John Woo makes actors look good. So I think his, his vanity is sort of in play here because he is a leading man and he is sort of, he, he has had this string of sort of increasingly sized hits, we'll say sort of, um, you know, like he's not Jim Carrey big, but you know, he's, he's his own thing. So I think that at a certain Pretty point, CDM. so, so many films, so many years into his career, he's saying, well, I can do what Peter Hyams does. Jesus Christ. That's not that hard. Like, I think there's a, a certain All he's amount doing of that is shouting him. at people. It's can't be hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. So I, I think he's saying like, you know, like I can, I can do anything and that's great. I guess if you have that, you know, sort of blind faith in your own ability, but I think there's there's elements to the the technical side here, and you know, just you know, constructing stories and storytelling. He's no natural, and I don't think he's strictly been paying attention to, um, you know, these elements in other productions he's been on. Um, I, I feel like this 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 maybe. Um, I want to say that he uh, spoke to Steven Seagal. And then Steven Seagal would tell them, it's like, it's totally easy. Like, you can totally just, the film I made is amazing on Deadly Ground or whatever. <laughs> His only credit as a director, by the way, to this day. And by the way, I just, I just tried to Google the, so I don't, I don't mess up the title. So if you type in Steven Seagal in my, in my sort of search bar, um, by the time I finish Steven Seagal, you can see, because um, in, in Chrome, it will just show you like a little sort of, there, there's, there's a line underneath, like, I don't know, the quest. 1996 films and Steven Seagal, special representative for Russia, U.S. cultural links, cultural and <laughs> historical heritage. Nice. <laughs> oh my god! This guy's busy. <laughs> Seventy years old and still kicking it. And just the way he looks is just—I can't take him seriously. He looks like a priest. <laughs> a perfect priest. <laughs> I don't know how close were Van Damme and Seagal. I don't know that they were close. Um, Thankfully, not close where, enough. Yeah, he didn't corrupt him with his stinky, stinky yeah. choices of career. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like Undeadly Ground either. <laughs> but that was before this, so that is an interesting point. But even without talking to him, he might be saying, "Oh, God, if if Seagal can do it, I can do it." Yeah. Stallone was directing his own movies as well, so you know. Stallone yeah, to sort step of, up to the competition. Yes, Stallone had been writing and directing stuff for a long time, but I think even Schwarzenegger, he directed, was it the HBO film, the remake Christmas in Connecticut? He has a directorial credit. <laughs> yes. Oh, I Stallone? Think. No, Sch- Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger, yeah. 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 Stallone directed in the 80s like an absolute mo. He directed oh, yeah, like, like most of the Rocky films, right? Yeah, that's right. And uh, the Saturday Night Fever, uh, Staying Alive. The, yeah. That's him. So, yeah, Stallone, he's sort of a different... <clears throat> cat because he's sort of been behind the camera and i think he helped he forged his career that way right with writing and stuff um but anyway to say that schwarzenegger was directing around that time and seagal so maybe this is what this might have been what van damme thought he had to do to reinvent himself or that's his next his next step is to be a a creative as well as a butt kicker you know, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just reading. Uh, Van Damme and Seagal had a feud going mm-hmm. on in I, the 90s. Yeah. Oh, so, did uh, they? Yeah, there was Both this sort of inter- interview on... He, oh, there's this interview he had... Oh, Seagal had on Arsenio Hall's um, show. And then, hold on. 
uh, let me just find a quote. So when questioned as to whether he knew Van Damme, Seagal bluntly replied no. <laughs> Arsenio pushed the actor as to whether he had heard of the Belgian and got only a nod back in response. Asked when he th- what he thought about uh, Van Damme's work, Seagal looked to the floor then asked to change the subject. <laughs> but he finally spoke out when Arsenio claimed Van Damme was a martial arts champion with the actor having competed in the Belgian karate team. I just promised all my mentors I was going to be a good boy, quote. Uh, that's 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 a quote from Sigal. Admitted Sigal before unleashing a snide response. He said, "I think that's a matter of opinion. He was champion anywhere. I'm not being catty or anything. I wish the guy all the best, but there are an awful lot of people who say that's not true." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. yeah, and he was actually he actually was on a karate team anyway. Uh, yeah, at least Van Damme can fight. That's always something I, I like about him. He. he he can pull off some cool moves, man. Uh, he can't. He can't imitate the splits. By the way, like. True. And by the way, this movie needs a split. Doesn't have a single one, does it? This movie needed a lot of things. I think if there's something that they really, <laughs> I was really shocked by is how dull the action is, and I oh, think yeah. it's probably like I like it's so slow. Like you can feel that these are actors performing a choreography. I do this move, you react in this way. But they're all and there's a lot of like this slow. Mm. Yeah, it's shocking. I, I don't know how it happened, but maybe the way they put it together, I don't know. Maybe the starting and stopping of the film cameras, the fact that it's, you know, you have to shoot multiple times, getting at different angles, but it's so slow. And I'm not looking for, you know, I'm not looking for the Born Ultimatum or anything, but just, man, just cut things around. I have some insert shots. It's all like this wide. Oh, people are kicking and flying, and it's this and it's that. I bet you money. This is Peter McDonald knows how to shoot action, right? And then he yeah. probably has this sort of guy behind him going, like JCVD going, is like, can you please focus on the guy's bicep? I really like. Can <laughs> can you focus on this move? And he goes, and he goes like, Jean Claude, like this is not gonna look good. I'm the boss in here. Can you do this my way? And he's just fucking fine. Jesus, can you go? And then and he just does it his way, and it's shit. <laughs> yeah, like I was looking at the editors. Like one of the editors that edited Roadhouse, Predator, Commando, and Die Hard. The other editor mm-hmm. has only that edited the Quest. So I wouldn't even be surprised if like the first editor just kind of went like, "Bye, see you." What if what, what, it, was just, it was edited by a guy, and then Jean Claude Sons like, "I don't like it," and then he just found a guy. Yeah, <laughs> I can, I same know thing with the screenplay. One of the one of the screenwriters, one of the screenwriters only has one credit. This. <laughs> So pretty much, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's sort of bonkers. But there's a lot missing from you know. To to me, I can I can take when we finally get to the tournament because it's something to watch. And and yeah, it's it's not great, but at least I'm there and there's stuff happening. And you know, there's a tournament going on and you're going from bout to bout. It's something for me to follow. And I've got nothing leading up to that point. Like I, I would say that the bouts in here are a little bit more interesting even than in Enter the Dragon as an example of another tournament movie because they're just so brief and they're just sort of passed off. But what precedes here, I have no reason to care about anything that's going on because... Just no like one... Enter the Dragon. <laughs> well, I guess... <laughs> I guess. It, does, well, it doesn't have the doctor no sort of. It's like instead of like Enter the Dragon was like doctor like on the other side of the uh, Doctor No Island there's this tournament going on, and then in yeah. here it's just on the other side of 
the Spartacus meets meets Oliver <laughs> Twist Island. There's this tournament going on. Well, why does Enter the Dragon have sort of charm that comes with it? And this really yeah. frustrates me by the by the time we you know get around to it. I'm so forgiving of Enter the Dragon. There's a ton of that's another one that we're talking about this month. So listen to that episode. Um, we're not that positive about it. Like you know, Randy's just making it sound like he positive. likes it. Oh, compared to this, <laughs> compared to this. You know, oh yeah, because oh, Nicola, like, you weren't there. Like I was not there for this conversation. So, I haven't listened to the episode. By the, because by the time we're recording this, this is, hasn't been edited yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, there's a lot of holes in Enter the Dragon, but um, oh, generally, yeah. yes, I forgive cheese. it. <laughs> but I don't, I don't feel so forgiving here. And I, I guess I feel like the first half of the movie, like my time has been wasted. They're not on task. Uh, you know, in terms of what's yeah. happened, like I have no clue what's happening, but the script is trying all of this nonsense and none of it's landing. Whereas in Ender the Dragon, it's silly and doesn't, you know, it's not really worth picking away at to see if it, you know, stands to any scrutiny because it, it doesn't, but it flows and it has momentum forward. Whereas this, we've got Roger Moore selling, sort of tricking uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme to be stranded on an island and he guess he gets money for him I don't know is it a sale and then we've got this tournament and we've got these kids that Van Damme cares about what happens to them what's going on with them and well, he got says this... at the end I saved all these kids yeah I know <laughs> isn't it it's such just... a joke uh so there's all these things and they that... lived happily ever after and the book closes it's best it's the best <laughs> The oh book, my god, it's the quest. It's the book the closes. I was reading at the trivia and I was trying to get a close shot. It's, it's a very quick shot of this book that's written by the female character and the last page closes. And it's, the first two paragraphs, I guess, are something about the theme of the movie. And then the third paragraph <laughs> is like a sales promo for luxury yachts. What, really? Hold on. Yeah. Um, I, uh, and I, on. I couldn't find a good screenshot of it because I, I was on my phone and you know i just i couldn't um but yeah apparently the book as it closes you got a couple paragraphs about you know living an adventure and doing the right thing and whatever other horse crap <laughs> goes <laughs> along with the themes of this uh film but then to fill a, a whole page in a novel you need like a third and fourth paragraph and apparently the third and fourth paragraph <laughs> is just text that was copied and pasted from I would love to read like an article by the person who had to create that prop. Like my task (laughs) was to create the book and write the final page. It's kind of like on the Kubrick set of The Shining. My task was my task was to write all 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 work and no play makes Jack a dull boy for like a hundred thousand times. Yeah, Yeah. like ten languages and whatnot. Oh, Uh, almost there. Hold on, I've got a I've got a good screenshot almost. That sweet, sweet 1080p from Amazon. Which, by the way, the Amazon Prime version of this was pretty good. I watched it on Amazon Prime. I was like, this is shockingly in HD. It's a, it's a Blu-ray. And I also realized, maybe because there's the whole uh, Jean-Claude Van Johnson TV show, but there are so many okay. Jean-Claude Van Damme movies on uh, Prime here. Like, so many. Mm-hmm. It's like 15 of them. Well, even maybe even this- more. Even at this time, like, so the quest, we said it made 57 million and made like 20 million in North America and made 37 million worldwide. Well, 
the other films around this time, so the three that we talked about in the retrospective, like Knockoff and Maximum Risk and Double Team, they all made around 35 million worldwide. Like this guy is consistent worldwide. He's not big, but he's bankable in a way, right? I got it. Uh, Can I read it? Can I read it? Uh, Yeah, please do. So, So, chapter one. Once when America turned its eye to bootleggers and gangsters, politicians and movie stars, it turned its back on the children who would lead this great country forward. It was a time of great prosperity and great poverty. This is a true story of a lost young man who started life with a gift and through the grace of the universe was given a quest. Occasionally there are works of timeless beauty that endure for years to come, we feel that this is one of those very special times at Genoese Yachts. We are proud to present our new line of sailing and racing yachts. All four models were designed by the industry's most innovative designers and produced to their exact beauty that endure for years to come. Awesome. We feel that this is one of those very special times at Genoese Yachts. We are proud. Oh my God, I cannot continue. We've lost it. Imagine all of this with like this Ennio Morricone rip of music in the background, just playing just the strings. Yeah, I, I can't. I'm so glad that you. I'm so glad you found a good screenshot. I was, I was reading. I'm gonna piss myself I was reading the the trivia, trying to find because I was thinking this was going to be a short episode. Like, what can we talk about? So I was reading the IMDb trivia. And it says just, we're 40 minutes in, guys. This is not going to be short. We're not even touching the once upon a time in America yet. Oh, this is so great. Yeah, good. I'm glad we could corroborate that tidbit from IMDb. And give a plug. We're through forever. Sorry. We'll give a plug. We'll give a plug. Who's the yacht company? Genoese Yachts. Okay. Oh, goodness. Nice sponsor. We'll 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 hashtag that. Check out our sponsor for the episode. (laughs) This is nice. So, <laughs> how did it happen? Kudos to the time. prop department. That's awesome. Oh uh, goodness! Oh, she's, but anyway, <coughs> this is this of Forrest Gump meets Ennio Morricone. It's <laughs> once upon a time in America music in the background, which is exact same music in the beginning when you see this old man walking like this of kung fu style sort of walks into the bar he orders a coffee and the bartender convinces him to have a shot of whiskey in it (laughs) (laughs) and these three hoodlums from i want to say king of new york walk in there (laughs) (laughs) and it's just because he looks like i don't know devil in a blue dress oh and evil evil (laughs) drums kick in as soon as they enter and just it's just and then he just kicks his ass, kicks their ass, and then just he feels like he's gonna reminisce. Yeah, <laughs> and he was just like, oh, it brings me back. <laughs> well, because the bartender is very interested in him. He's like, where did you learn these martial arts? And, you know, he's I mean, spilling liquor all over the bar. <laughs> oh, this is gonna make an appearance. Breaking tables. Because, <laughs> you know, oh. it was spoiled for choice when it comes to bottom threes, but top threes are gonna be, uh, you know, in short supply and then all of a sudden we're in 1925 we see that he's kind of you know he lives in a society i don't know why and he's essentially this sort of like jean-claude van damme is is thinking he's like 
you know, like Fagin and Oliver Twist, but good, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just, and then all of a sudden you have this, sort of, I don't know, this mafioso who goes like, ah, oh, you work for me. Or goes like, fuck you, I'm not working for you. And it's just, he goes on stilts and he just steals an apple. I don't know. <laughs> I don't work, I don't work for anyone. So there's, is this social commentary or what's going on? Probably, here? yeah. Like, <laughs> it's such but, a mess. And the cops, are, I guess, are corrupt. Like, I don't know who to root for. Why have, Jean-Claude Van Damme, obviously. Yeah, I know, because he's the star. But why? <laughs> he's stealing things. He's he's getting kids to steal things. And you yeah. haven't established that the cops are corrupt. You haven't established oh, no, they just, that they just raid the, the place. Yeah, like there's so <laughs> get us some food, some real food this time. <laughs> and just oh, what do they eat normally? <laughs> no idea. Just some sludge, sir. It's just <laughs> what, what, yeah. And then he has to go and now, this is something I didn't understand because he has to go and uh, escape from these police officers. So he, there's this wonderful chase scene and then he ends up being uh, trapped. No, there's he finds himself on a crate that's being loaded onto a ship. So he jump, so he drops onto what I can only assume is bags of potatoes or flour. Or, to not break his or just mind. dirt. Sure. And, yeah, I suppose it's soft enough. And then he just wakes up like when he's in the middle of the ocean, right? Mm-hmm. So one question I have is so where, where where was this crate going? I suppose it would have it would have just dropped the load on top of him because where else? That's my question number one. And another question is they're in New York City. New York City is on the east coast of America, as far as I'm as far as I'm concerned. So it's on the Atlantic Ocean, and they're going to Thailand. <clears throat> yeah. So they clearly went through the Panama Canal. Was that constructed at that point? Was I checked. 1914 it? is what was when it was when it's opened. Right. But I'm just thinking to myself, this yeah. makes no sense to to run a business to go from New York. Like you like you set up this kind of business in in San Francisco <laughs> or somewhere. <laughs> well, here's another thing. As you're talking, I'm thinking of because he he falls into the the hull of the ship, basically where all, all the and no one finds him. <laughs> but it's a it's a it's a big open hull mm. right so the yeah. the deck on top mm. when we see the boat out to sea there's no big open oh no know, yeah exactly door. it's almost like it's, it's on a, a different, different boat, boat. <clears throat> yeah yeah so did you notice that nicolo <laughs> i just i'm just thinking of that now as you're as you're breaking this down shot for shot <laughs> this helps me because i'm trying to remember this movie somehow because like if you asked me about like do you remember the scene like in isolation probably it's gonna be difficult but if i go scene by scene i might as well actually recall it's gonna be total recall (laughs) anyway where was i (laughs) and then and then turns out so yeah continue so obviously there's no hole in the ship and then they find uh, so obviously they're already on in the Pacific Ocean. Do you know how long it would take for a what essentially? I'm not sure if it's a sailboat. I don't think it's a sail. I think it's a sailboat. No, it's it's, it's got an it's got an engine. So it's it's, it's got, got some engine. kind of engine. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's not going to be very fast. So from then to go from from New York City through the Panama Canal to the middle of the <laughs> Pacific Ocean to kind of no. just be I don't know Van, to, without food. Van Dam was clearly knocked out for a. About a month and a half. A few days, yeah. For a good good fortnight, right? And then they find him all of a sudden like, oh, so we clearly haven't visited the hole, the hold of the ship, because why why would we? There's nothing important. And they put him in chains, and these, like, put him in chains. And it's just like, 
what's the point of putting someone in chains where he has absolutely unimpeded range of movement? <laughs> like these chains are like one and a half meter long. Like he he strangles a guy with his chains later on, like spoiler <laughs> yeah. alert, right? But they, he just does work with it. So he's just like, I'm just in chains. It's just my, like, it's just how I, it's my look. <laughs> Jeez, <man. laughs> it's just, yes, it's just this style. It's just these completely unimpeded sort of Spart- Spartacus sort of. It's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, it's just what I do. I just, I mean, he's, he, and there's a great scene in there. It may actually make an appearance in my top three because I haven't decided yet when he has to empty a bucket of shit and he spills some on the deck. <laughs> just, and he just covers his hand in it. He goes like, there. <laughs> Well, these are these are the moments to show you know the range that Jean Claude can do because that's also like the constant changes of costumes that feels like a showreel type of choice you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Look at me. In, like, I think it's Van Damme saying what. Yeah. What? I, yeah. What I haven't done is a film that's epic, that's sweeping, that we've got different landscapes and different costumes, and I think that's what this is. I have to do something epic. I think that's all that is. <laughs> Yeah, is it like the first historical movie he did as well, like set not in the present day? Uh, well, Time Cop is not <laughs> set in the present day. True, true that. Universal Blood, Soldier. Bloodsport. Bloodsport Blood Blood yeah. is actually based on a true story, right? <laughs> yeah. So this is like this is radio, so no one knows I'm winking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So those are two period pieces, but yeah, this is probably <laughs> probably his third. No, there's gonna uh, be another one. Oh, let me let me let me check. Universal soldier. Universal soldier. Yeah, nowhere to run now. Double impact. The heart. Lion he made Legionnaire like a few years after this. That looks yeah, interesting. That's, that's his mm, first one. Have you that, seen it? That doesn't get hit. I've that not. doesn't get released in theaters. Except yeah, in that's his first direct to DVD. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, when like Randy, you were very polite when you say, you know, this is a turning point for him. It's kind of like saying, like, when you're driving, like, when Thermal and Louise in the in the end, it's a very, <laughs> it's a, it's a turning point for them off a cliff, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it sort symbolism. of is, and it it parallels like what's going on in his life too. Like, you know, I I like Van Damme, and I I think that though these years after the quest. <laughs> They're really hard on him, and even though that you know Nicola, Nicolo and I went through our thoughts on, you know, Maximum Risk and, and those films, and there's some merit in there, and you know he's he's trying, and he's he always seems very professional. Oh boy, is he! <laughs> but it seems that he he becomes humbled, you know, over the next several years. By the time JCVD rolls around, he, he seems to be sort of a different guy. Like I I sort of like. Jean-Claude Van Damme now. I follow him on social media and I, I think that he seems... Does he follow back? Because if he does, act. I'm going to follow no. him. <laughs> uh, no, he does. That's that's just Asshole. been our friend, Dr. Uwe, who's paid us that courtesy. Um, yeah. Because we like Postal. Yeah. But anyway, I think that... Well, he doesn't Van follow Damme... me. <laughs> so uh, Dr. don't U- like Postal. Dr. <laughs> Uwe Bold's not following me. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to follow him either. Because, you know... He's not nice. Take that. <laughs> Take that, Dr. Uwe Boll. Like, I know he's way more successful as a filmmaker than I ever will be. Although I have some good movies on my phone, you know, that I made myself. And they may, may or may not involve a three-year-old on a slide. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, where, dirty, Epic. dirty Nicola, where did you go with your... <laughs> 
Next needless horny input number one of, yeah. of this evening. <laughs> I thought, you know, videos from work are very exciting action scenes that you would film on the subway. I don't know. I've, I have more interesting dick pics on my phone than available. Anyway, back on track. Well, all right, what were we? What the hell were we on? <laughs> Actually, he meets Roger Moore. What do we think about Roger Moore? Because for me, Roger Moore in here, it feels like Michael Caine on the set of Jaws the Revenge. That's <laughs> but, perfect. Yeah. That's a perfect comparison. <laughs> He's slumming it. It's a decent sized production, so it's a decent paycheck. And it's, I don't know, it's probably not necessarily too big a commitment. It's probably a relatively tight shoot. So more They, they promised the him above the I, line I think ta- uh, credit, no? And they they probably didn't come through on this. Did they? Uh, what was? I, I think, think they did. They true. He, yeah. Probably J, they promised him. Told him. Yeah. Yeah. They promised him sort of an, an above the title credit along with Van Damme, and it didn't come. <laughs> so there was that yeah. as well. But that probably came with a bigger paycheck, which was also part of the appeal. And he's trying to stay relevant. You know, I, that's the only appeal probably here. I don't. I don't Just begrudge like, I, anyone's I, involvement in this. And I, I sort of like seeing Jack McGee. Yeah who's a guy that shows up in the Rescue Me series with Dennis Leary, you know, six, seven years later. He's pretty cool. Where do I know but, him from, by the way? Because <clears throat> he's a, he's a sort of, I, I don't want to say he's a character actor, but he kind of looks like he's someone I know. He was a bartender in an episode <clears throat> of Twin Peaks, second season. And he was a bartender in another film we watched, maybe The Hidden or something, I forget. He was also a, a PI in The Man Who Wasn't There. He wasn't the hidden. Okay. He wasn't was the, it hidden. the hidden. Was he a bartender? Or a bar- that, yes, he's he was, a bartender. He yes, he is. Showgirls yeah. and Basic Instinct as well. Oh, showgirl. So he's up on our list of uh, projects. Hold on, Jack, so we, Jack wasn't McGee the hidden. projects. The the hidden. <laughs> That's four. What else did yeah, we do? The then? hidden. Showgirls. Twin Peaks season two. I guess we're mm. totally Jack McGee stands. The right? quest, I suppose. <laughs> uh. What else did we do from his filmography? Mm, not much. He's one the of those guys that there. I'm just. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, I'm happy that he's you know found work. He's just one of those character actors that's been successful. So he's a guy who's yeah. look, look, look at the credits he has. By the way, okay, his first role, patron at Hoolies, but then he's uh okay, well, someone to watch over me, bartender, the hidden bartender. Uh, pe- 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 park, up, park up officer Jake. Well, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. And then he again, a bartender. <laughs> he's like, he's like your resident bartender or a detective, a baseball pitcher. Physique du yeah. role. <laughs> Eddie the bartender in Malevolent. Um, so <laughs> gun store owner in Crash. The um, what's his face? Paul Haggis. Crash. Okay. Uh, Rocco. Oh, hello. So he's actually a guy like he was you know, like as an actor. Yeah, he's an actor who's made it in a way. Like, you know, so many actors don't make it. So no one ever knows Jack mm-hmm. McGee. And, you know, like he's made a career of doing those Pond small Rocker. roles. And so he's we the stand. type of guy I'm totally happy for. Yeah. Anyway. And the so fact you were here saying that Jack McGee. <laughs> it's just... Well, it is just sort of amusing to me that, you know, after most takes, like he just fart to amuse roger moore like 
just the antics on the set here. People must have been just sort of frustrated with the environment if they're making up their own fun. I mean, I could only imagine that just it must have been a terrible shoot when when you have this massive sort of ego running the show who's mm-hmm. clearly like everyone sees that he because you know, I suppose he hired a crew of people who know what they're doing, right? So they yeah. would this would be people who you know, they were gaffers and cameramen and then lightning people, whatever carpenters who worked on actual movies for actual filmmakers and they know he know he has absolutely no idea what he's doing, right? So they'll be just like, yeah. look at this guy and his ego. Like he, he to use your analogy, look at this kid trying to make make chocolate chip cookies. He has no idea how to make <laughs> batters. Like Peter, can you please show him for, for the love of God? Because we're gonna be here until tomorrow, and he's not gonna complete the take. Like Jesus fucking Christ, we're losing light. Okay, and then he got, and then Jean Claude's like, we're losing what? <laughs> <laughs> how can you lose light? I control the sun. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I kind of feel like this was this one, and I, I applaud Jack McGee for having for being able to fart after every single take, unless there, there weren't <laughs> that many takes in a day that he could just you know. Accrue. Yeah, I wonder how many times they how many times <clears throat> they shot a scene, or <laughs> how many takes they do. Mm-hmm. I get the impression I think it was not like many. David Fincher. No, not like seventy takes for certain moments. We're gonna spend a week trying to get this one shot. And this one shot is the is the perfect flex of his brachialis. That's right. Of it's course. a it's a it's shot of Van Dam. It's a close up of Van Dam, or it's one of his just kicks. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> although, although I would say, once in you know they because they go get on this island, and if I mean I can I can well I don't want to say I want to give him props. On some level, I find it charming that this movie changes every five minutes into a different movie. It's almost admirable. Like you, it opens, it's kind of like, it's like Once Upon a Time in America, or is it like Kung Fu? I don't know. He kind of looks like it's David Carradine. And then it's just, blink, and you're like, we're on Oliver Twist. Blink, we're in Spartacus. <laughs> Blink! This is just where are we now? Oh, now I I don't know. It just feels like I saw like some like Congo or whatever, and it's just like we're just traveling through Africa or whatever. It's not the right type of elephant. Who cares? And it's just like how are we gonna get yeah. in here? And all of a sudden, an elephant shows up, and it's just let's ride these right. And then they just blink, and they're we're but it's in hilarious village, and, too. And then we just get horses, <laughs> and then blink, we're in the desert. Blink, we're in a forest again. Blink, we're in the mountains. <laughs> blink, we're in we're in a village. Blink, we're in a we're in a pub. Blink, yeah. we're in in, at this sort of, I don't know. <laughs> it's hilarious to me, the elephants. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. The, the elephants thing amuses me because I, I'm sort of reading between the lines because, um, you know, they're just traveling by elephant and they have some some shots where everyone's in, on the elephant and you got nice scenery in the background. And then they have this little moment at the camp where nothing else is said. Roger Moore says, well, it's horses from here on. It's like, one someone rationalized probably van damme said we only have the horses for one day so those are the only shots we're getting okay well get horses I guess no we'll have to i'm telling you this this is i guess van we'll have to explain going, this he has his bucket list of shots he wants to take because he's a director he's a big shot director he goes like i want to have a western scene in here i want to have james raymar to ride right off into the sunset okay in the middle <laughs> of the film mind you <laughs> 
I still think it's just an accident. And they they said that no, we got to explain this that they're going from elephants to horses. People were will question this. How will they know? <laughs> of, of, of all the things to focus on, yes, that's a good writing right there. And then obviously they, they they for some reason they they well we, we kind of missed out on this of Muay Thai tournament, which again to me this is a because they 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 dump him on an island and he has a commando scene where he just carries a log because you know. <laughs> Arnie carried a log. Can True. I carry a log? Sure, I can carry. Like I'm my own boss, I can carry a log. <laughs> so, so he carries a log and he learns Muay Thai because why not? It's it's essentially like Enter the Dragon. There are these people going like, wah, wah, <laughs> whatever on the beach. I don't know. Only it's less windy. Classics. It's less windy though, because <laughs> um, <laughs> that you know Hong Kong is a bit more windy. <laughs> But then, like, you, you, you just go into this tournament and it almost feels like, you know that movie I made in 1989 or whatever? The Kickboxer, can we do a scene like this? <laughs> it's just, let's skip on this sort of the broken glass because it's going to get messy. So it's just, you know. And then just, they, they get this sort of female interest in there and then they pose for a photograph and they pretend he's like a bellboy and he poses for a photograph of everyone. <laughs> it's just, it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> another thing which is totally pointless the the photograph like why photograph doesn't even make an appearance in the book next no. to the because they, the they changed for the tag, yacht they changed that two paragraphs in we're like we're done in with with this quest and it's just let's move on to the business of the day just, let's sell some yachts yeah. <laughs> if you turn the page they could have <laughs> they could have put uh that picture in there but Missed opportunity. Fit two of them on the page, you know? On a yacht. I'm, I'm <laughs> thinking like the Genoese yachts is what sponsored the film because they probably dressed one of these yachts into the sort of pirate ship. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what Roger Moore got into, you know, after this all endeavor. Started creating luxury yachts. <laughs> He's an Admiral Dobbs who are also pirates. He's like one of... He's the last buccaneer. Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> What do we think of the conceit that, that this whole scam that uh, Jack McGee and Roger Moore are going to steal this golden dragon? That's that's sort of uh, part of the driving force to take us to the the tournament, right? And I think am I am I understanding right? Like Van Dam wasn't really going thinking he'd win. He wanted to steal the golden dragon himself to help I the orphans. I don't know what he wanted to because there's this weird sort of gap in there when he yeah. wins the fight. And then they think, oh, he spotted us, whatever, let's move. And then she, I want to meet him, I want to meet him, says uh, Carrie Newton, or what's her name, Janet Gunn's character, right? <laughs> yeah. I want to meet him. And then they just find him, and he's just really pissed. And, oh, well, you know, we uh, we left you, uh, sorry. You know, and, he, and he just, without not anything, he just without any invitation, goes like, I want to go to the lost city of bleh, to and get the dragon. I'm like... And they're like, what? No one asks. Like, what dragon? And they're like, what? What's going on? Well, we're going there, Money? by the way. Of course. Like, it's, it's like yeah. when you say, the exp this is the exposition that you like. Like, listening to you, like, <laughs> no. re recall what happens in the movie, it's like, it genuinely feels like the writing is as they go along. Like they shut chronologically and they keep making things up to kind of like I don't, move the story forward. My money is on like they're not writing as they're going along. They 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 wrote just about enough to make sure that Frank Frank Ducks would lose the court case. <laughs> <laughs> Change it up and off. <laughs> and then Van Dam hired two buddies to write the actual screenplay. Yeah, no, but it Probably may be right. They, they were just laptops. writing on the day. 
<laughs> because or maybe they didn't even have to write on the day because Jean-Claude Van Damme goes like, I'm gonna improvise all my lines anyway, so don't write don't bother writing mine. I'm gonna I'm gonna figure it out. <laughs> Jeez, I can see that. That's maybe. the crazy thing. I can actually see that. Jesus. But then like, we get to the tournament, finally, right? So there's this massive like uh, there's this sort of big allure of this is this dragon. You look at this dragon's just like I suppose it's a dragon. Is this what we're fine? Also, fun fact. How okay? Well, someone wins this dragon, and then we're like, now fucking, I have, I have to carry it out of the city. <laughs> yeah, how do I, how do I take it home? <laughs> so, you know, I had to ride this horses. This is a scam. And... There was like, oh, you can, you can carry this. Oh, you can't carry it. Well, then we'll keep it. So, <laughs> in your pants, it's gonna fit. And also, I, I really applaud the lost city of whatever. This is like the precursor of the Chinese Communist Party, sort of like the uh, sort of surveillance <laughs> state, because they know where everyone lives. Like, we'll just find Mickey the Bronco or whatever, and then just go to the just whatever, just depths of Brazil to find a guy who dances capoeira or whatever. And he's just like, here, take it. I'm just, who are you? And then and he's gone. Or just, there's this, I, 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 do they accost Maxi Divine in the toilet or whatever? It's just, I don't know. It's just, here, take it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, but then you how get to, they, to, yeah. How do they, well, how do they pick? Like, it's so, it's so weird. So it's, it's, you know. Do they have like, a ranking or do they just, yeah, it's the world, it's the world cup of martial arts fights. And I, you know, they just seem to arbitrarily, you know, take fighters from each country that are good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and have them be mess. dressed in the regalia of their country. It's just such a weird, <laughs> weird, weird thing. Festival of stereotypes. You know, it's that it is. That Speaking it is. Speaking of stereotypes, that was kind of when I was twelve. This was part of the allure because it kind of looked a little stereotypes. bit stereotypes. No, no, because these these people kind of like when you look at the tournament, it's essentially like a video game setup. You got, you have a guy from Scotland, mm. of course he's gonna be wearing a kilt. Right? A kilt, yeah. You have a patient for fighting. Spain yeah. versus something. And the guy was wearing a he looks like 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 your know, Antonio Banderas from Wish.com. Flamenco. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he goes flamenco. Like, I was just is this an actual martial art where he goes like Ole! <laughs> yeah, I I I doubt it. So that, that's gonna make an appearance, that guy. <laughs> Or, or have the Russian yeah. guy who just and thinks like he just is this a guy who just wrestles bears for a living? It's just <laughs> maybe, maybe not. And they have and they distinguish between Japan and Okinawa. I'm just oh, is this like a political statement? I mean, just I read about this apparently. Okinawa is because this is where karate comes from. Right? Okay, I did wonder that, but then <laughs> the American somehow, <laughs> the American contingent is somehow Roger Moore, Jack McGee. Uh, James Jean-Claude Van, Van Damme. So yeah. it's about as stereotypically American as you can get, is it? Oh. Yeah, one... that's the funniest thing. They keep saying like how Van Damme is is the American, is the American, like French But that's the that's uh, wake up and smell the nineties, Nick. Okay, like it's uh, it's I the know, same it's, era where you can convince you can you can hire. Arnold Schwarzenegger in 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 a film called True Lies. Give him a name, Harry, and then everyone will buy John. that he's an American, yeah. and then he works for the CIA. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Sorry, no Sector Omega, the last line of defense, or something like that. 
and yeah so it's it's like you know in hard target no one i mean we did kind of comment on the fact that he's no because they hit they hit it because it's like he's cajun he's cajun <laughs> so charles dubois charles dubois or dubois oh no du, boudreau chance boudreau but then you have him in sudden death he's a guy whose first name is darren <laughs> so so you know like but he, they do explain that he's Quebecois, do they not? I think in that. Oh, of course they do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even if his name's Darren, 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 the Quebecois hockey it's, hockey player. It's just Darren, Darren. It's just Christ. <laughs> I can't take it seriously. So I would say this is the nineties. Like you gonna have to take it on the chin. <laughs> Sort of. Oh yeah, it's it's the least of the it's the least of the <laughs> true problems in the movie. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like uh, I, I kind of like the conceit because they have like this 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 whole film kind of hinges on like like you know Jean Claude Van Damme is going to be fighting in this in this tournament because like I saw the trailer he's fighting in the tournament okay, but he's going there as this sort of like secret agent bellboy, right? <laughs> so yeah. they somehow have to figure it out so he fights uh james raymar and he just slaps him on the face and it's just just like and then he goes like you did something with your legs (laughs) (laughs) i actually remember more than i think i remember yeah i'm I'm see and then james raymar yeah james raymar goes off and sulks for a little bit because he got knocked down and he's he's a boxer and a pugilist and he rides off into the sunset and goes sulks for a little bit and he shows up after and with his belt. completely yields and says, "Yeah, I am. I was knocked down. I get knocked down. You know, I thought we were going to box, but I was knocked down because I was kicked. You sir are way more. You sir are way more superior to me. Please <laughs> take my world championship belt <laughs> and fight for me on this. You know, in this tournament that I traveled halfway around the world to attend." <laughs> Just a side note, Makes because like ya- ya- Jakob's inserting things into episodes. Just for listening out there, out there, apologies for in- for inserting uh, Chumba Wamba song after Randy just said I get knocked down. <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that. Brilliant, you tub thumper, you. <laughs> okay, I'm so sorry. I can't think this is Nick is Nick's checked out already. <laughs> I I'm honestly like yeah. I, the more you talk about this movie, the more I'm doubting I even watched it. I'm just like I don't, I don't remember all these details. Like it's it's a blur. It's, it's a yeah. blur. I feel like it's a fever dream that I they just the, um, sweated away. It's a it's muscle memory for there. me because like from this from this viewing, I don't remember much. I think this my childhood viewing is coming back to me now. <laughs> <laughs> because and then they go to this came with it. to this moment of like oh he's gonna fight he's a better fighter and then Shang Tsung from that who just resides in this on the throne he's literally just like oh like like you know he's just Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat games right it's just like right he and he <laughs> makes these sort of judgments like a, like like com- Commodus in in Gladiator right when he goes like <gasps> and just. Like oh, so we're now deciding that we're killing people in the end. Like is it is knocking out not enough? Like oh okay, uh, fine. And then you know of, of course there is a throwback to to the kickboxer because the Mongolian guy kills a guy who's who's friendly with Jean Claude Van Damme, and and it happens to be the brother of the uh, actor who played Tong Po, who also 
broke um, his Jean-Claude Van Damme's character's brother's back in the same way on his no not no he didn't do it on the on his knee because I think he didn't just did it with his elbow or something like this it's so self-referential I know yeah yeah and all this is in blood sport too more or less yes and then Mongolian guys essentially (laughs) bolo young right yes they're all the same they're all the same only yes you know this guy has a skirt Yes. yes no, here. just these movies. Handlebar. These movies are all the same. Just this oh, yeah, one doesn't yeah. have the cool action. <laughs> That's the thing. It's just like all of these. It starts like when when it gets to this part. I'm like, okay, at least we're gonna get to see different sty- styles of fighting. You do but get it for no like two f- seconds at a time. But it's not that fun. Mm. It's not that, that interesting, exciting. Yeah, like even Street Fighter has more interesting variety in choreography. Have Raul and like the Julia. way it's put together. Raul Julia is amazing in that film. Like here, it's just it's so lifeless, which is shocking because it's trying so hard to be exciting, to be appealing, and it fails at every single turn. It's almost painful. Like I feel bad for him. There are moments in here that I kind of think, like I admire um, certain elements of the sort of not the choreography, maybe uh, per se, but the sort of like the athleticism of some of these people. Like Mm -hmm. the Brazilian guy with his capoeira skills is really good. Yeah, he stands out. Although there's okay, well, let's just say. It's, there's a slight. It, let's just say it's gonna make an appearance because I might as well. Um, like when they say there are countries like Scotland, not a country, but fine. You know, <laughs> Russia probably at the time was a Soviet Union. Oh, what was Soviet Union? Mongolia, whatever. Probably wasn't a country. It was well, I don't know. Maybe it was. And then Africa. It's like oh, we decided <laughs> yeah. this is just one yeah. country. And there's this guy with this sort of tribal outfit, and I'm like, how? stereotypical can we get and he does the dance as well and yeah. but but i have to say the dude from representing africa his physique is fucking phenomenal like he looks so yeah. amazing his shoulder his pecs yeah, these, oh goodness a lot of these guys no, are, hashtag are, no homo but you know like looks yeah. amazing <laughs> but clearly great athletes most of these guys gotta say yeah. you know i i gotta mention here just because i thought it was I thought it was ridiculous to watch. I couldn't get into it. The, the Chinese the, guy was representing China, and <laughs> we see him do two or three fights. In each fight, he's he doing three. different mannerisms, different mannerisms from different. And James Raymar just James Raymar, yes, <laughs> just these are so audio that, commentary. Just, that guy moves like a snake, <laughs> and it's like he does second fight. He's just he's a tiger. He's moving like a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you need the type of commentary because then you just oh yeah i can see that oh, yeah. i mean this movie needs a commentary from like three of us like to w- watch this and then do a like a like a commentary like you find on like the copy of bridesmaids with paul feig and um and all these women just taking the piss yes. for like yes. two hours just like look at this like i nearly shot myself in the scene and they're like oh yeah you did <laughs> just, so it's like you're just hanging out with these people who are just like really pointing out stupid shit <laughs> it's the best we should probably do this as a bonus one day just like take a film like this and just do a, do an audio commentary and figure out how to do this over over the interwebs yeah, that's a fun idea i forget if i mentioned we'll that to you guys totally unrelated but i watched an audio commentary of blood simple or at least half of it and it was this film scholar, but it was basically an actor that was giving a joke commentary and everything. And he was explaining <laughs> that the dog in this scene is entirely animatronic, which is so much easier than dealing with real animals. Hilarious. And this is on the uh, special edition DVD. <laughs> like, ah, that's cool. I remember yeah, there was great. 
uh, there was the audio commentary I think on the DVD for Total Recall. <laughs> oh, for Total Recall, where Arnie is just pointing at stuff. <laughs> I think it's in the scene where he uh, uses a guy as a human shield and he goes like <laughs> total disregard for human life <laughs> that's, just... <laughs> that's, that's the best <laughs> anyway the quest so we get to the tournament and then there's this sort of caveat of like well fine uh, the, the Belgian boy suppose he can he can take your place but if he loses you're gonna stay in here for Christmas or something <laughs> <laughs> Is that what, what happened? Forever. And then, uh, I can't remember, if he's fighting against the German guy who looks like he's just, uh, like, from the set of, like, Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> it's just, like, the most stereotypically German guy. Like, the only thing he needed was, like, a like a forehead tattoo, of like, a swastika <laughs> tattoo on his forehead just to make it, he just, like, I don't know. So much for so yeah. much subtle moments like referencing what's to come from Germany. Yeah. Well, we need the German guy. We need the German guy because he's got the Zeppelin. We'll get to that in a second. Sorry, carry on. But the German guy is imperative to how all this shakes down. Like, I don't know where I was <laughs> carrying on with it, but I wanted to kind of just carry on to the fact that they're trying to nick the the the, the, the dragon. And yeah. then the film kind of ends. No, there is this sort of fight, and all of a sudden they break all the rules. Like, fine, leave the room. <laughs> just go and fight in the snow. And there's only there is a brilliant scene which I it just feels like a foghorn leghorn sort of scene where they go into the coop, and then you hear all the sort of racket of this this Mongolian guy just t- beating the crap out of Rankle Van Damme, just like throws him out the window. This is just Looney Tunes bullshit. On <laughs> 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 the in the final match, when we get to what's his name, Khan, the Mongolian, the Khan Mongolian, the Mongolian adversary yes. against Jean Claude Van Damme, and it, like you say, like they just they just leave the ring and the crowd follows. It feels like Vince McMahon from the WWE wrote this last section because it's turning into <laughs> like a hardcore battle. We should get Alina in for this discussion. She should see this. She'd love it. Uh, but it just no holds barred and nothing really makes sense it's you know it's it's interesting i guess it's as interesting or more than anything else but it's just sort of this bonkers you can't predict anything that's going on in this film really yeah and then all of a sudden this guy is so i mean this this i mean we kind of have to say this like this this khan guy is kind of built to this beat like he's gonna be this arch villain he's the sort of immovable object you can't defeat him right so normally you, you think oh he's gonna have some kind of a weakness or or maybe Jean-Claude Van Damme is going to find his inner strength. Like he's going to be like Luke Skywalker. Just use the force. And then just, I don't know, <laughs> do something, right? But because he's just, uh, uh, well, I mean, I, I, I don't want, at the risk of, of sounding like an idiot, it kind of looks like it's quasi intelligently put together this sort of the array of fighters because I think the sumo wrestler is built up to be this sort of like, oh, he's going to be the big guy, right? But he's the red <laughs> herring. Because he's just fat, <laughs> and he's I just don't know, big. Because you have the scene in the uh, the cafe on the Himalayan Trail where Khan comes in. I think he's set up as and the, breaks the, the table heavy. that he wanted to sit at. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's another scene that's going to make an appearance. But uh, yeah, this, this high school cafeteria scene, <laughs> the bully comes in. <laughs> All this needed was these people with trays. <laughs> You're in my seat. Cartons of milk. <laughs> <laughs> like yak milk. 
this is like the breakfast club fucking hell this is fast times fast times on Ridgemont I bet you money this is this is fast times on a hill of mountain I bet you money if if I I need to buy a blu-ray of this to just see if there's a JCVD commentary and he goes like this is my fast times on Ridgemont (laughs) yeah like the way like Ben Affleck talks about Argo he goes like this is my older president's men scene this is this is my something scene this is my whatever scene and I bet you money he has like this is my once upon a time america comment this is my kickboxer <laughs> scene this is my oliver twist this is my spartacus and i well the editor didn't really want to but i wanted to kind of really shout i am spartacus but you know they didn't fit <laughs> just, anyway <laughs> what a cinephile what oh, a cinephile or just or, or or i want even better i want i want him to kind of just go and point out this is my x y and z scene but this would be the most basic shit <laughs> <laughs> because like you hear Scorsese talk about yeah. things like this oh this is my Louis Mal, this is my Kurosawa this yeah. is my you know Fritz Lang or whatever and then he would be just like you know this is my this is my Rocky this is my Jaws this is my, <laughs> this is my last action hero 400 blows 400 yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, a, well this is how he got addicted to cocaine <laughs> anyway oh jeez <laughs> uh yeah yeah <laughs> i suppose in the sort of the big cafeteria scene you kind of see like oh Khan's gonna be the, the big body so and then it's a, it's, a, it's kind of fun because then they kind of just pit the, the big sumo wrestler against the big body and just like rips him a new one right just without even a hesitation so he's just oh i suppose this is why With they the have worse sound effects right? i yeah. know just <laughs> yeah the <laughs> <laughs> What's to say about the poor, the poor Japanese guy? Like the sumo wrestlers, of course, he's, he's huge. But the ADR here, like just you know, churning and gurgling and no, 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 no. this is something like, that sound bubbling like, mud or something. Hey Jack, hey Jack, hey Jack McGee, can I put a condenser mic to your stomach after the take? And he goes, <laughs> just, this is gonna be gold. <sighs> Yeah, it's just so bad. Uh, Is it worth mentioning that Van Damme actually steps into this? And meanwhile, Jack McGee and Roger Moore are trying to steal the Zeppelin so that they can hitch the uh, gold dragon, which is probably six feet long. And they're going to try to fly it out. Six feet (coughs) worth of gold is going to be... I think the technical term is going to be a shit ton of gold. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, when they when they get found, uh, you know, they get caught, and whatever this lost city's government decides, they say, well, they're they're going to go to prison forever. And Van Dam, no, it's you know, death. No, just... is it death? Was it death? I think it's or a, in pri- the base. No, oh, the yeah. the penalty is death, and it's like, no, I'm going. If I win, you they they Freedom. no, maybe this is so or maybe it is this, death. Because I think James Raymar is going to be, oh, you're going to stay stay in Lost City forever if, if he loses. And he's like, oh, here we yeah, go again. Right. So, so then he goes like, no, but you keep the dragon. And then the Shang Tsung goes like, it's so, a deal. <laughs> so where is this? <laughs> such a bizarre loyalty that Van Damme has to these two idiots. <laughs> yeah. Because he's a good sold man. Him that's, and... that's what it's all about. He was, he was always the better man. He's just yes. naive is what he is. I guess. <laughs> 
I guess. And then he just <laughs> goes into a random bar and just tells a life story to the bar. At this point, I want I want a, a cutscene to the bar to be like an episode of How I Met Your Mother. It's like, how long is it going to be, Dad? Have <laughs> 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 you met her yet? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, there's anyway. a romance angle in here, speaking of that, which is goes there, nowhere. Though? It's it's no. Know. There's he's just his, a woman. He's got his arm around just, her at the end. I think they just realized, <laughs> and then you're like, "Well, we need a lady in here because it's a total sausage fest." <laughs> so, oh, that just feels like cutscenes, honestly. <laughs> no, hold on. But in didn't they have a woman in Bloodsport? Uh, yes. Like a journalist who snuck in today. Because it's yes. the same thing. It's again a journalist. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It is. Let's do blood itself. sport, but in in a period setting with people wearing their national clothes, <laughs> <laughs> and then and I want a Spanish guy to to do a flamenco while kicking Flo. people's ass in in their sort Olé. of like their their sort of Sunday dinner shoes, <laughs> <laughs> which I think should be illegal. Like on top of that, like there should be some weight categories on the on this bad boy because you can see the Chinese guy against the Mongolian guy. It's just unfair. I'm like, oh, he fights like a dragon. He's, oh, he's gonna get snapped into like a twig is what he's gonna be, right? But you know, anyway. Yeah. yeah. What a film. What a movie. I think I'm done. I, I don't know because <laughs> well, it's just we got to the end. No, oh, no, hold on. Like, at the end, like the, the one scene by that, scene breakdown. The, the scene by scene breakdown continues unabated because I think we kind of have to say because like for some reason Jean Claude Van Damme just beats the guy's ass without just like unlocking his inner self or or his just. Or, or just I don't know, finding his last chakra or whatever the hell, right? He just beats his ass, He's just like yeah, oh, he just, he just wins. Well, he just wins, and then just well, fine. Like let me write a book about it. This not, this book's not gonna be very good. So let's just let me recommend you some yachts. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, and meanwhile, this whole time, music's wall to wall during the fight scenes. It's there's drums, dum, 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 dum. and then there's gonna be some of these. Um, <clears throat> uh, regional elements like the african guy is gonna be is gonna be dancing in the in front of you so there's gonna be some african tunes there's gonna be some brazilian tunes there's gonna be some spanish stuff yeah um and then i'm i I kid you not i think in in when there's when there is a chinese guy showing up for the first time i think the score goes it's just it's it's just on the nose and sensitive it's just so bad they have yeah <laughs> you know, it's from a great it? composer. Yeah. Well, did the Scottish like guy have bagpipes yeah. for a lead-in? Spanish pipe guy? No, Scottish, Scottish guy. guy. Scot- yeah, I think so. There, 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 there's must have been something. And then I think it's the Irish guy is everyone... kind of this guy who just oh, let's shake on this wall. Fuck you, then. Yeah. <laughs> it is hilarious that they all have entrance music. Like it's just such a bizarre thing. It's. I mean, it's the best tournament. At least you know what they have. At least, at least the ring is kind of like a ring. It's like. You know what? The ring is going to be actually circular, so it's going to be a ring. <laughs> Just think about yeah. it, man. And unlike Bloodsport, which is like the stupidest ring ever. Not only is it rectangular, it's also like bent. <laughs> it's just well, if we make it slopey, then they're going to be fighting in the middle. Like, who designed this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping for more jumps in that. Yeah. Although I do have to congratulate on Jean Claude Van Damme on his like it's not even a roundhouse kick like he does this sort of this sort of airborne roundhouse kick in, with the sort of splits in the middle it's just wow I suppose his Fair kicks enough. are great in this I, yeah. I gotta say 
in his in his forest gump shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, so the film ends, the book closes, and all, and then just old Jean Claude Van Damme, who weirdly enough looks exactly like old Jean Claude Van Damme now. So I think props to the makeup guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. He just says like, oh, just oh, there were kids. Oh, let me just quickly recap. So the kids left, lived happily ever after. Let me show. Let, let me just show myself out then. Yeah. And the bartender is like, well, I'm, I, I, I just wasted half the day in here. Yeah, and half the whiskey or whatever <clears throat> he was pouring, just dumped it on the bar. <laughs> yeah, there was another clientele, you know. Anyway, I think this is it. So final takes, boys. I think we've done. We've done it now. Unless you have something else you want to say. Nothing no. on my radar. We, we covered the man's career pretty well in the summer. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say this. Like, I, I do find that uh, Van Damme does have a boyish charm. It's not really on full display here just because the script is such a mess and everything is so scattered. Um, you know, this here is garbage. I find mostly it's garbage due to the script because no one knows what's going on. And I think as a result... None of the actors have a sweet clue what kind of movie they're in at any given mm-hmm. time. They don't really have a sense of, is this supposed to be playful? Is this supposed to be serious? Is this an action movie? What what the hell are we doing here? I think Van Damme's the only one in on that information. And uh, yeah. Allegedly. Um, so I wouldn't a, be so sure. It's a mess. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, this film broke me. I am <laughs> impressed that you guys remembered so much of it because I genuinely have nothing to say. Like, this movie gave me absolutely nothing. This I'm, is like eating the, like a zero-calorie chip. It's like, this is just... <laughs> I'm eating air. Like, there's what? nothing here for me. It's called Japanese food, and it's made of, it's made of seaweed, okay? <laughs> I love Japanese food. It's all zero-calorie. It tastes of something. It's like sort of translucent chips. This isn't bad enough to be enjoyable. This isn't good enough to be like something that you appreciate. This isn't even that mediocre. It's just null. It's just kind of like this banal mishmash of different movies you've already seen with the same people that are in this. And you're just kind of like, ah. So does it get a heart from you? No, no, no recommendation. <laughs> it's one of like f- f- five movies in the last month that you didn't give a heart to or something. So weirdly enough, this is going to be the only film that you give a star rating to. Zero stars? Zero stars. <laughs> I, sh- I should add it to my list of most hated <clears throat> movies. It's a very short list, but it's, it's in good company. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, it's fun to take the piss out of this film, I think. But like watching this again, like please don't make me watch it again. Like I'm so happy I didn't buy a Blu-ray for this. Oh, uh, good call. That's uh, sweet, sweet 1080p. <laughs> because it costs like 15 quid. Like this would be just Jesus. It's like you know, oh, there there is a few films I I, I wish I hadn't bought. <laughs> but um, I'll 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 say this. Like it's like when you're 12 years old and then like you've been on a Van Damme binge. Like this is it. Like this is the cat's pajamas. This is dog's proverbials, right? <laughs> but I'm not 12 anymore, and this movie's garbage. Like it's kind of like insane. Like I felt the same thing a few years ago. I rewatched Mortal Kombat, like the one from 1995, and I felt exactly yeah. the same. I loved it when I was 11. Like I saw this in the cinema twice. You know, because. <laughs> Because they had Christopher Lambert and then, you know, 
and, <laughs> and it's essentially the same movie anyway. It's still Enter the Dragon, only the guy has four hands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bolo Young with extra hands. Uh, and and then you know, it's, it's a mess and i mean it's fu- it's fun to kind of take it apart because it's just like it's just so bad but it's i, I agree wholeheartedly it's so boring it's just i i'm, I'm impressed with myself that i remembered all this horseshit <laughs> but, you know, even though that when we started recording this i'm just like i have no idea what i'm gonna say because i don't think i remember a single scene and it's all there just it's coming out it's it, yeah it's probably one of the worst films i've seen for this for this show it's it's not good oh yes it's not good and then oh, yes. it's probably a good call i mean it's it's an interesting curiosity for me because it kind of comes at the time when like steven seagal made a movie himself and then clearly mm-hmm. i hope hopefully he learned his lesson or maybe he still thinks it's the best thing he's ever done i don't know because it's steven seagal uh, <clears throat> and then he, i don't know it's it's fun to see for for me like someone who lo- looks for connections like oh there's a kickboxer connection in here <laughs> it's just i, I like it <laughs> Or like, oh, it's like the blood. It's like blood sport, but but in the period setting. <laughs> it's okay, but yeah. And then weirdly, it's made for a substantial amount of money when you think about. It. Like blood sport was made for like pennies, right? And this yep. thing was was on a budget, like on a like they had a ship. I suppose they had to advertise a few yachts here and there for it, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> and you know they had costumes and music, and the music's garbage. Uh, but yeah, they had thirty million dollar budget or so, probably. Yeah, it looks like it. So yeah, they, yeah. there's so, a polish to it. Yeah, and it's absolute horseshit. Like, imagine the amount. Like, they, they essentially were just burning this money. Like, you could just donate it to charity and would be a better use. Uh, It'd actually bring something into the world. Yeah, exactly. So you know, with that, how about we go through our top threes now, boys? How how are your top three lists? Mine, mine is as sad as the movie itself. They're, they're pretty lean. Uh, number no three, honorables. Eddie, no honorables for my end. Um, number three, I like the pirate ship attack. Okay. Even though it's not particularly well executed, but at least it was a. Uh, it's better than like all the confined locations for the fights that we will see later on and prior to this event, to be honest. Um, I do like the opening because it's hilarious and it starts like once upon a time in America and it's glorious. Um, <laughs> But number one, to be more more serious and honest for a second, I think the USA versus China fight, it, there's like a couple long takes that actually work. I think Van Damme against this, I, I forgot to write down the, the fighter's name, but like against the, the, the Chinese fighter, like they actually play well off each other. You can see that both are skilled martial artists on the same level. Peter it's Wong. It's fun. It's exciting. There you go. I was like, yeah, this is cool. I'm liking this. Is this is? I wish there was more of this. This type of fighting, at least, because every other fight in this movie was just like so boring and lifeless. Oh. <sighs> He's a snake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Randy, how about you? <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, well. I think Peter McDonald deserves a bit of a shout for just being a bit of a hero and making this sort of as consumable as it is. It's not good, but <clears throat> a lot of it does is hobbled together well enough that, you know, there there is a slickness to some of it. Like there is a decent look to it. And I think Peter McDonald probably deserves a lot of that credit. Um, another shout out, an honorable mention to the makeup department. We mentioned this a couple of times. The clown makeup, as ridiculous as Van Damme is as a busker, 
it's good, good yeah. makeup <laughs> gotta make gotta make a comment that's that's good makeup you didn't get a um, nose like the oh, 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 nose no we missed out on that <laughs> but we also had and i liked this this was a nice touch that van damme has three scratches on his cheek from the makeup department and i presume that's a reference to bruce lee so sort of cool of course it I is guess. yeah and all right my number three James Remar squaring off with Van Damme in the old styles 1920s boxer where one fist is out front, everything's going to be an <laughs> uppercut, <laughs> and just wiggling the hands. Uh, and Remar with a great mustache. He looks great for it. You know, it just looked good. Um, and James Remar is okay in this. Like He's got a great voice and always is very professional and does a good job. Uh, number two, I do like the the Brazilian fighter, the capoeira artist. I, I find that sort of an interesting martial art and just the athleticism involved with that. He was pretty cool the couple times that he showed up. And number one, when JCVD uh, beats Mr. Flamenco, the Spain with the the guy <laughs> with the shirt and the, the puffy sleeves and finally <laughs> gets him off, gets him off the mat. Uh, I thought that was sort of decent. And those are my tops. All I could muster. I'm not sure where I've seen this. I'm not sure if this is for reals, but there's this sort of video on YouTube where there's this uh, capoeira guy gets knocked out by a kickboxer. Have you seen this? No. There's this guy doing this sort of, like, you know, because the capoeira guy w- w- just goes there, he does these dance, and then he just yeah, he does this sort of, right? does does this sort of airborne like somersaults and whatever. And there's this actual scene that's sort of like an underground sort of fight where these people around. And this guy is just doing the handstand and whatever, and he's just doing this sort of the wiggles and whatever. And this this dude is just waiting, and he just goes and yeah. <clears throat> capoeira guy's just okay. Well, I'm gonna just do a I don't know a cartwheel and do something, and he just gets punched in the face and he gets knocked out in one go. He's just like we're done here. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just like useless martial yeah. art. <laughs> Except it looks pretty. It's good for it. Just looks pretty. It's just completely Cirque useless. Cirque du Soleil show. <laughs> it's just this looks just as useless as the flamenco guy. But we're gonna get there. <coughs> anyway, so my top three. It's gonna be very difficult. One one moment I remember. I, I remember kind of a little bit giggling at was when uh, Jack McGee and Roger Moore are playing cards, and Jack McGee was like, "What do you drink with tonic? <laughs> don't don't say that." <laughs> Gin. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the horse laughs like and then Roger Moore goes like shut up will you it's just I think this is the pinnacle of Jean-Claude Van Damme's writing <laughs> may very well a bit improv yeah possibly no they, they weren't even shooting the camera was left on by accident because Jean-Claude Van Damme didn't know how to turn it off <laughs> so the director's role in job is to it's just though this is why this movie cost 30 million dollars to make because they just went went through film stuff because no one knew how to turn off the camera <laughs> peter <laughs> mcdonald wasn't around <laughs> uh so another one that i really like was um there is a there's the obligatory nut shot <laughs> there's this, this guy gets i think it's the scottish guy gets hit in the knot in in the balls i'm just like this is just mm-hmm. so mortal combat this is johnny cage right there yes <laughs> right there <laughs> Right in the ball sack, and uh, I have a see. I have a feeling. I, I, yeah, I, you know, I'm gonna put it on my top list because it's very. It's thin on the ground, and here it was no, no. I'm no, I'm not. Okay, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna put it on the bottom or somewhere as a memorable match. But then I really like the scene where the the Mongolian guy just 
just thrashes Jean-Claude Van Damme through the through the coop, like <laughs> through the chicken coop, like it's a Looney Tunes cartoon, and then just throws him out the window. It's just the best uh, bottoms. Number three. Just three. There's a list of only three. Yeah. Well, you know, I try to, I try to three. follow the rules. Yeah. Um, but just number three. Jean-Claude Van Damme in clown makeup. It was just like <laughs> a sign of things to come. When you see that, you know, you know, your things are not going to get prettier after this. Um, number two, the Mongolian guy, very unsportsmanlike. Doesn't really follow the rules. It's not something that's good. I don't like that. It's a, it's a it's a bad thing to teach children who watch the movie. But number one, yeah. all of the stereotypes are ridiculous in this film. <laughs> ridiculous in a way that's not even like cute, like a Street Fighter. I'm talking about what, the games Street Fighter. Which are, which one's your favorite? <laughs> the sumo, like the big fag. There's like this all just slow motion he, shots. This is just this is how how he just exists. Like he doesn't wear any other clothes. By the way, he wears the. No, he just walks this, around always like that. With the, I don't know. It it has it has a name. Yeah, it's not called just a diaper. bare-chested. Yeah. <laughs> the diaper around. Yeah, like especially when, when there's this slow motion shots of the fat just kind of like <laughs> flopping. Just like, oh, this is like I get it, but also no, 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 no. I don't need fat shaming in my racist stereotypes and caricatures. Yeah. If I'm watching a racist martial arts movie, I don't want fat shaming in the middle of it. There's, you know, there's feel a limit. Bad. By the way, the, uh, the uh, sumo wrestler's uh, cloth is called Mawashi. Just saying. Mawashi. Very good. Everything has a name in Japanese. I should know that. I have I have been to the sumo wrestling museum in Tokyo. Ah. I should have remembered. See, Sorry there you for go. letting you down. It's like that on the on the Enter the Dragon episode. We were just thinking, oh, what's what's the uh, what's the karate outfit called? Gi. Right. Another one I should have known. <laughs> All right, that's yours, Nick. Gi. All right. I've got three for the script alone and then i've got another three oh, <laughs> oh goodness so so because i find that probably the the biggest burden to this whole movie weighing it down is just the stupidity of the script but anyway this is a scene okay i'll try to reenact it here <clears throat> okay an action the cops are gonna blame you chris 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 they're gonna kill you Get out of here. Go. Go. Red, you're in charge now. No matter what happens, I'll come back. <laughs> it's like, what am I watching? Uh, scene. Yeah. Oliver Twist is what you're watching. <laughs> this, is, this is so bad. Oh, my God. Uh, Can someone please think of the children? <laughs> <laughs> Number two, the conundrum in the cafe. How do we get to this tournament? And Janet Gunn's character, Ms. Newton, she runs off and she's gets a telegram and she comes back with these apparently really hard to find tickets. And she comes <laughs> back with a ticket. And is it she good? Has ways. How do we know it's good? Oh, it's very good. There's just she goes away, gets the ticket, comes back. Nothing is said. I, I don't get it at all. Anyway, uh, that was number two and number one from the script. Just to point out what a brutal script this is. The Himalayan high school cafeteria scene. 
that's my table. Now, of course, he doesn't say that line, but that's my table. I'm going to fucking too. ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. All right, then. Okay, then getting into the actual, the three moments that really sort of drove me nuts. The Spanish fighter doing the flamenco. That's brutal. <laughs> brutal. Um, the animal fighting style guy. I think he was from China. Mm-hmm. Also, I really thought he was annoying to watch. <laughs> he's moving like a snake, and then that he just after the moving like a finished, monkey. He's still <laughs> in character, like he just escapes the yeah. ring in character as a monkey. <laughs> yes, or slithers <laughs> off. So so silly. And uh, number one, the whole dragon blimp heist nonsense. It's not a good scene. It's silly. It doesn't make sense in terms of. A tournament it, movie. It says it's the last crusade scene, okay? Roger Morris is Sean Connery. Yeah. yeah, well, it's sort of the the same conceit as Bruce Lee goes off and in Enter the Dragon and does this spy stuff. It's just this, you know, weird conceit that mm-hmm. they're going Pretty off much. to do, but it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> have do enough anything. emotional content, yeah. is what you're trying to say. No emotional content. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> He's rolling in his grave. That's yeah. That is my wow. number one. <clears throat> okay. How do I don't keep it think? Just... Feel. Feel. And it just goes. <laughs> never yeah. take your eyes off your opponent. <laughs> Stop hitting me. Feel. <laughs> just please, like, don't say this to kids. Feel. <laughs> just, uh, where was I? The bottom three. Okay. <laughs> Where do you start with this? You know what? The Japanese guy. Like, I have to say this. Like, he just... Like, well, they, when the guy delivers the scroll to him, he's in the bathtub. So, I assume he's naked and he just, just ejects himself from the bathtub. It's like, look at me. <laughs> it's just like delivering mail. Just look at me. I'm just like, I, I'm not paying enough for this. Uh, just yeah but no like, just for reals <clears throat> I have a problem with the chains because it's not only Jean-Claude Van Damme they put Roger Moore and Harry McGee in chains and they have chains just as long like this is just and it's the same chains from the <laughs> ship <laughs> it's amazing it's just like you can perform tasks using these chains like this is not a good sort of way of uh, I don't know inhibiting someone's movement um so yeah in that you can actually just just the whole logic of the, them just traveling like he, him being knocked out for i want to say three weeks in this in this on this ship when they found it, ah whatever um so another one it was a japanese guide chains and then the last one i'm gonna say because it's just it's, it's so hard to pick oh yeah we you can, i could always say like this whole conceit it really bothers me on like a script level of like how do we how do we just make make sure that we all head towards the same tournament i know let's have jean-claude van damme say it after after a battle out of nowhere just hi what are you doing here i want to go and win a snake okay <laughs> <laughs> it's just out of nowhere but then, really, like, what bothers me is not the like not, not the Chinese guy just doing this sort of like, oh, he's a monkey. It's James Raymar telling me this, <laughs> just blatantly stating the obvious. He's a monkey now. <laughs> and also, James Raymar has a sort of scene where he 
um he's supposed he's supposed to say like he's supposed to cheer like yeah but he goes like yeah 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 <laughs> like he's surprised <laughs> he's not too into it yeah <laughs> oh goodness i think uh you know it's it's been i think at this point it's for one hour and 46 minutes of this so we we've talked about this movie for longer than it than than this movie would run this is a crime against humanity uh but you know we're never gonna we're never gonna do this again like it's never gonna we're never gonna record another sub one hour episode this is this is this is for real like i'm gonna promise you this i'm gonna occupy you with a song and dance number if i have to but, you know. <laughs> sounds more like a threat than a <laughs> it is, <laughs> a promise. It is. <laughs> so if you're really into it you can go and rent and buy your your you know the quest from from your local vendors amazon or apple or wherever and it's available on blu-ray if you're really into that shit it uh, tends to be overpriced wherever you find it yeah because it's because <laughs> um, i think it's a boutique at least in the uk it's a boutique release from i think it's either 88 films or something like this so it's it's one of those boutique labels that takes uh like 90s films like from the b films from the 90s and 80s that like vinegar syndrome and arrow would probably say no we're we're good here thanks <laughs> <laughs> like but they do have quite a lot of like canon films in there as well so they mm-hmm. they like they they have like invasion usa like they do like all the like they have a box set of all anaconda films <laughs> oh man <laughs> i know right Just, so well. like if you're really into trash like 88 films and one of one films they got you back they have you covered okay uh, so you can go and watch it at your own risk. Proceed at your own uh, risk from here. And meanwhile, I think we're done. We're done here. Like like Jean-Claude Van Damme was done with directing. I think we're done with this film. So <laughs> guys, where can we find you on social media? Randy, go first. Tell us. You can find me on Twitter at Randy Burrows. You can find me on Letterboxd at Bratch7. And you can find me on clapperltd.co.uk. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nikki97, also Letterboxd, YouTube, there's links for all those things. And you can listen to the Death by Adaptation podcast as well. So go check that out if you like books and film adaptations. So, and then probably by the time you listen to this, you won't be able to find me on Twitter because Elon Musk is going to run into the ground or something. <laughs> so you'll find me on Facebook, I suppose. And uh, I don't know, on Truth Social. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but on Twitter uh, for for the time being uh, at Talk About Film, Jakob Flash on Letterbox, um, flashonfilm.com is where you can find my shit that I write, and then also clapperltd.co.uk occasionally as well, and also follow the show at Pod everywhere. Uncutgemspodcast.com is our HQ where you can go and find all our stuff and browse through our episodes and a little bit more easily i suppose and then also in there you'll find out that we have bonus shows on our patreon which is patreon.com pod where three bucks a month will unlock access to everything we have in there which is our almost at this point almost complete david lynch marathon a bunch of bonus tie-ins and retrospectives <laughs> and then and everything else in between i suppose so we have i think more than 30 shows at this point in there and there's more coming Okay, and then we have plans for next year, so stay tuned for that next month. We're, we're going to be revealing some more stuff because we have plans and we're excited. We're just as excited as Roger Moore was on the Sunel. We're excited. More excited. <laughs> we're more excited. We're Way more ex- excited. We're just as excited as Jack McGee was at the at the uh, uh, <laughs> at the sound of someone yelling "cut." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> this is my moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> anyway, so you can also get in touch uncutjamespod at gmail.com uh, or uncutjamespodcast.com slash contact is where you can send us an email and tell us whether we're, we agree or disagree with us. Or you can also remember, you can also buy us a coffee, coffee.com slash uncutjamespod. And that's about it. I think I plugged everything that I need to plug. And next week we're continuing or closing this little double wheel of actor turned director films. I wonder how good this is going to be because I've never seen the film we're going to be talking about next <gasps> week. This is going to be my first time. But then we're going to be talking about Man of Tai Chi, oh. uh, directed by Keanu Reeves himself. And then uh, I shall bid you good day, you know. And uh, I don't know, I, I would recommend you some yachts, but yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Stay safe and be good. Bye-bye.